Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to episode two of Brian and Colonial, an Alabama podcast for Alabama people. I'm your host, Kevin Paul, joined today by a very special guest, a close personal friend, two-time Alabama graduate, and uh, one of the stewards of Alabama Twitter. Uh, joining me today is Lacey Sinsula. Lacey, how are you today? I am great, KP. That was probably the best introduction I've ever gotten. So thanks. <laughs> of course, of course. So I like to start out every podcast. I say every podcast, like this isn't the second episode. Um, but asking about, you know, how you came to be an Alabama fan, sort of what your fandom journey was like. Well, I was really, as one would say, born into it, um, truly didn't have an option and honestly never even wanted an option. So I'm a third generation Alabama student. So go all the way up to my grandfather, um, just bleeding crimson. So I actually got my extreme fandom from my mom. Um, She's the same type of fan as me, just in your face, loud, always yelling. And my grandparents the same way as well. So watching games with them when I was little is where I grew up. Being the type of fan I am, um, it's never been a calm environment watching Alabama games. But I remember thinking when I was little, just like, thank God I was born an Alabama fan. And that includes growing up, losing to Auburn, whatever, how many years in a row it was. Um, oh, I God. Yeah, I love to uh, be reminded about the streak. I wasn't an Alabama fan at the time, but it didn't feel right, you know, that Auburn had beat Bama six times in a row. Like the, that doesn't feel like it should exist in this universe. No, I mean, and at the time, it was like so going I mean, forward. Was- <laughs> Jesus, I cannot imagine growing up in this state um, during that streak. But uh, I'm glad that you know Nick Saban figured out um, a way around it. So. Obviously, here we're recording this Monday afternoon um, after a rousing victory uh, over the Georgia Bulldogs on Saturday night. Um, Lacey, what were your thoughts on the game? Uh, Were you ever worried um, more so than your usual level of uh, anxiety during Alabama games? Or did you just feel pretty good throughout? I wasn't really too worried. And I know um, I tweeted that like at the beginning of the week that I wasn't nervous anymore. you know, I just kind of was like, you know what, full send. Like, I have all the faith in the world. Um, I really wasn't even nervous when we were trailing at the half either because, I mean, as we've seen before, that works out well for us when we played Georgia. I guess mostly <laughs> the only thing that was getting me worried was the way people kept saying, like, oh, Saban's undefeated against assistance. Oh, we haven't lost to Georgia since 2007. I was like, okay, can y'all stop reminding the universe of all of these streaks because you're just asking for them to be broken. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I um, I, I told you know, Kobe people I was watching the game with. It's at a certain point, I'm not afraid anymore of a quarterback uh, named Stonewall Jackson the fourth. He, I mean, he's five eleven, which you know, he's got a lot of heart, but he just kept getting every pass batted down at the line of scrimmage. It felt like so. At a certain point, the well was going to break. I know, and I actually spent time today to watch the highlights, and it he actually had a couple great throws. I was like, all right, this guy could be pretty good at the junior college level, but I'm not really sure that (laughs) (laughs) 
this is what's for him. I think it was mostly funny that his family um, was really trying to get the nickname, the mailman to happen. You know, they, they were really pushing that during the game. And I was like, I'm not sure this one's picking up. <laughs> no, you can't give yourself um, a nickname. It has to come naturally. Yeah. You, you can't write that press release. It has to be written for you. They were like, AKA the uh, mailman. So, uh, like, that? <laughs> no, he, he started just wearing the USPS hat. And I mean, we're a pro USPS podcast, so we support that aspect of it. But uh, you can't just put on the hat and start calling yourself the mailman. You know, that's still a valor to a point. So that's it. Honestly, yeah. I think true mailmen are, are the real heroes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> we love the USPS. Support them any way you can. Uh, so next, Lacey, coming up, we, we do know what week it is. It is um, Tennessee Hate Week. Um, they are our oldest rival and possibly one of the most, you know, at least when we were in school and not, you know, ancient, at least like I feel, uh, one of the most fun weeks uh, always on campus. So what are your thoughts on Tennessee? I know you're not worried about the game, but um, what was your first, like, I really, really hate Tennessee moment? Well, I really missed – I know that mostly 90s students of Alabama are the ones that kind of came in with that pure hatred of Tennessee. You know, I kind of missed the whole era of Philip Fulmer turning us in for cheating, everything that followed. I obviously, miss Peyton Manning. Um, you know, I was either not born or, like, six at the mm-hmm. time for all those things. So I kind of missed that <laughs> or something that was taught as, as opposed to lived by. Um, but it's just been fun over the years my favorite part of the rivalry is just seeing every year all the things that have happened since Tennessee last beat Alabama. They get funnier every year when people post like their kids ultrasound and now the kid is 13. Um, and like, this is what my kid's last. <laughs> um, it's, it, it's one of my favorite rivalries so for the purpose because we always win, honestly, because it's just fun. It's just, they're easy to make fun of. They really are. They really are. And the, the point you made is, you know, the ultrasound and, oh, this is how old my kid is. That was, like, kind of funny when, you know, the kids were, like, five and six. But, I mean, those children are literally in seventh grade now. Um, they've gone – they have begun – they have been born and begun puberty um, since <laughs> Tennessee's been now. They're like, they're, like, applying to college as we speak. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're going to be running for president any day now and never <laughs> having seen Tennessee beat Alabama. It's amazing. Uh, so, Lacey, I mentioned that you were a two-time graduate of the university earlier. Um, can you just sort of explain what made you go back for the MBA? Was it just like, you know, something that you felt you had to do as a Culver House grad, uh, which would make sense? Or did you just have like a burning desire to you know learn more about financial markets? Well, so actually, my plan always was to get my master's right after undergrad because I just heard it was easier than to go out to work and then come back to do it. So I'd always had that plan in mind. And then I switched mm-hmm. to do a master's um, and switched to an MBA just because I was like, whatever, may as well add. If I'm doing one year, may as well do two years. At this point, I, I should have just gone to med school, I guess, if I had that mentality. But <laughs> um, it, it was just it was something <laughs> planned on. And Alabama had such a good MBA program. So it's kind of a no-brainer to stay there. And so, and it turned out perfect timing because now with COVID and everything, I don't know if I ever would have gone back, especially getting back. Like after I finished that six year of school, I was like, I may never read one book ever again. Oh, (laughs) going to grad school is one of the, it's a great experience, but. 
VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Man, you just... There, there's no desire for me to just ever be in a classroom for the rest of my life. And they just never will be. I don't, the people that just think they'll do it now, like after being in the workforce, workforce for two or three years, I don't get it. They're masochists, it feels like. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So, uh, Lacey, the, it, it's a very young season. Um, Alabama's only 4-0, six regular season games left, and then potentially the SEC championship and then the playoff. Um, in your most unbiased opinion, how do you see Alabama finishing up this year? Well, at this point, I don't see anyone giving us a challenge. I mean, Georgia was our most obvious hurdle to jump throughout the season, and we kind of did that in fashion. Uh, the person that no one expected really was Ole Miss, and luckily we've already sidestepped that landmine as well. The only challenge I could see really coming up at this point would be the SEC championship, either Georgia again or Florida. But if we win, if we win every single game and then lose the SEC championship, I still think we would be playoff bound. So at this point, I'm not really too worried about anyone. If if anyone's gonna give us trouble at this point, it's gonna I feel like it's gonna be a game that no one expected to give us trouble. Uh, that yeah. secret Mississippi yeah. State game that That's all of a sudden point. you're like, oh my god, we had to worry about this <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> uh, Mississippi State on Halloween. We should have won, but just playing Mike Leach on Halloween just does not sit well within my spirit. I, I don't feel great about that game, no matter how bad they are. Yeah, and it's Nick Saban's birthday. It's just a lot of moving parts for me personally. It, it's like I'm going to be sitting there in my my costume watching the game. I don't really know what's going on. We haven't had a game on Halloween. Ever. I don't. I don't know the last time because it's always fall break usually. So I don't even know how this is going to work. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You're gonna. It's gonna be that. I think you retweeted this earlier today. The meme of the person dressed like the Babadook, just like sitting, 
Like, I'm just sitting here as a Babadook watching the football game. Like, I don't exactly. I, <laughs> So, uh, as your friend Lacey, I've noticed over the years, Halloween seems to be your your favorite holiday. Um, you know, and I don't think it's close. What would you say your favorite costume was that you've worn over, I don't know, the last 10 years or so? Well, this might be an obvious one, but I think it was two years ago, me and all my friends were the different Taylor Swifts. Um, obviously, as you know, uh, of yeah. a huge pussy. Um, so it was an, it, it was an <laughs> but it was just so fun because I think there was like ten of us in the group, and so I'm to come up with ten Taylor Swift iconic outfits. And then when we went out that night, it was in Nashville, and it was funny because unless we were together, you really didn't get it. So it's like people would ask what we were, <laughs> and, and none of us had blonde hair, so it was just like it was easier to just be like, "Oh, I'm the cheerleader." It, like, there's no, it's not. I don't know how to get into this right now. But it was my favorite one by far. And that was a few years ago, so it's like at two or three albums ago because I don't think Lover had come out yet, and no. um, folklore definitely wasn't out yet. So you had less material than you know someone who has an idea yeah. had to work it's it now. Tough. I've got to, I've got to redo it at some point. <laughs> Oh, folklore Taylor is that's another thing I wanted to ask you about. I'm glad we talked about this because I, I have been very not necessarily anti-Taylor Swift, but just not a supporter. But you know, I decided to listen to folklore all the way through um, the night it was released. And it was kind of a moving experience. Um I have never related to um, a number of Taylor Swift songs nearly as much as this. So I just how do you rank folklore in terms of like her other albums? Do you think it's her best? Do you still think it's behind red potentially? Um, just let it fly. What are your thoughts? See, I hate when people ask me this. It's like asking to, to rank your children. So I'm gonna, <laughs> my ranking has to come with like a lot of qualifiers. Like, is it her, her best songwriting and probably most critically acclaimed? Yes, it definitely is. It has the highest Metacritic score. Um, like my personal favorite is probably reputation, which is like everyone's least favorite. So maybe that's why I like throw my, like, it's just my little dark horse album. Uh, And then it's like, Oh, well, what's the best album when you're like in the mood for pop? Like 1989 is obvious, but lover has such a great mix. Um, the ones I can easily throw away are the Uh country albums. Um, not really a country person, (laughs) but I still do this album religiously. (laughs) So it's it's just too hard of a question. Yeah, it's tough because those country albums are, I mean, I'm not a big country fan myself, but those are pretty well-written songs. Um, and you have to almost go on the curve because she was, what, 16 when her debut album came out? Yeah. 16, 17? She was a child. So, you know, Taylor, uh, the Kanye stuff originally kind of rubbed me the wrong way. That's a whole other discussion we can get into. But um, love you, Taylor. Um, thanks for releasing Folklore. Mirrorball, all-time favorite. Like all time top thirty song, I think for me. Personally. I mean, it's the Enneagram three anthem. It's the shout out to all my Enneagram type threes listening to this podcast. Um, so, Lacey, I'm going to let you go in a little bit, uh, but I I want to know your score prediction for the Tennessee game uh, this weekend. And yeah, just give me that. What's your oh, prediction? God. So bad at score predictions, and this is why I don't I don't do any sort of gambling or anything because it's like it's just too hard. Like just what is it's like calculus? I don't even know. Um, okay, <laughs> what was Tennessee's last football score? Do we know uh, I'm working with? 
they lost to Kentucky 34 to seven last week. Yeah. So it's like that you see that. And then, but everyone always plays us better. Cause like, look at Ole Miss. So, okay. I'm going to give like a conservative, like Tennessee 10, Alabama 45. That was, I threw in a wow. fastball. Okay. I'm feeling really good about world record. <laughs> World record. Um, shout out to Hoover High School. Never thought I'd say that, but uh, he's been a godsend this year. Uh, no, really fortunate for him. Um, so, Lacey, before I let you go, do you have any uh, parting words for the audience, or you know, anything you want to remind us of, or what? Yeah, just uh, as if anyone doesn't follow me on Twitter yet, just go ahead and do that. Um, you'll hate it. <laughs> probably the worst account. Um, people tell me all the time it's terrible, so it's fine. Um, but I am getting a little mad that I only have 5,000 followers because I'm out there hustling in these streets. So, you know, I think, <laughs> I think I'm just, the fact I'm not at 100,000 is just honestly disrespectful. Even if it's like a pity follow, hit it with the mute. It's fine. It's all about appearances for me as long as it looks like that I'm really cool and popular on the one social media platform that doesn't pay anyone. That's what matters to me. <laughs> Perfect, perfect. So, folks, as I said, that was Lacey Santula. Follow her on Twitter at did the drop the lace. Um, you'll figure it out. Um, y'all are smart people. Um, thanks again for listening to Brian and Colonial and the Oak Mountain legend, Lacey. Uh, y'all take yeah. care and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.